Hello, and welcome to Getting It Done, a podcast about music, education, and life lessons. I'm your host, Tim Rausenberger, and today is Sunday, February 4th, 2018. This is episode 228. Technology is dumbing down our children. If you're a teacher or a parent or anyone who has any contact with children, I want you to ask yourself this question. When was the age of any child you know when he or she received his first or her first piece of technology? I'm talking about a smartphone, an iPad, a computer, anything of that nature. And I want you to think about that for a minute because I simply want you to go back to your childhood and think about the first time that you had such an interaction. Because even the youngest parents in the world Let's just say we have a parent who's 18 years old. It's certainly possible that they had a computer. It's very possible they may have had a lousy phone compared to what we have today. And they may have had some form of a tablet, maybe an early iPad. But I can tell you this much, it is downright appalling to me when I think about where our children are with today's technology, what they do know and what they don't know. Let me give you an example. About five years ago, if I were to walk into any classroom with computers. The kids were able to do anything at a blazing fast speed. I barely had to give them any instructions. I barely had to tell them how to do things. They picked things up so quickly. I think about a class I taught, for instance, in middle school, where One of the main pieces of software we used, which is one of the greatest uh, programs ever invented, is GarageBand. And kids needed some of the ins and outs. But in just terms of pure navigation, they were fine. Fast forward to 2018 where students 
can log into a computer with no problem. Students can pull up Microsoft Word with no problem. But when you look at all of the office applications out there, how many of the students know how to use all of them? Sure, we've absolutely progressed. We're now into a lot of the Google technology with Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Slides. And there are students who are amazing at them, but there are also students who don't have a clue. Because in the process of phones progressing to where they are, what need is there for any parent to shell out extra money for a computer? After all, the middle class and anyone below that is probably in a situation with the current state of our economy where they can't afford it. And you look at what is needed for your child today. Just about everything that your child will need can be done on a phone. More and more, things are not being printed out. They're being submitted electronically. Well, what do you need a computer for? Kids can type so fast in terms of a texting keyboard on a phone. What do they need a computer for? And that's the logic. And there's nothing wrong with that logic. By families who struggle to simply make ends meet in a world where the costs of everything are skyrocketing and people can't keep up. And that's a totally separate discussion for another day, but I think we know all the people who are to blame for that. And unfortunately, they don't really care about you. They don't care about the fact that if you have a phone, if your child has a phone, you obviously must be doing just fine. Well, I can tell you many people who are not doing just fine because I know of a lot of kids, a lot of kids who live in urban populations who have phones and they have nothing but their phones because Parents know that the phone is a way for them to keep in touch with their kids, to know where they are at all times, to allow them a way where they can do research for things, submit assignments, check whatever they need to check, and oh yeah, we forgot about the one thing. Yeah, it's called the stupid stuff. You know, all that social media. The social media, which quite bluntly is completely dumbing down our country, everyone, and it's especially our kids because they feel this need that on Snapchat, they have to keep a streak alive. That's where we're at right now as a society. 
And if they don't keep a streak alive, something's going to happen. Their life is going to come crumbling down before them. And you think I'm joking when I say this and you can laugh it off. You're not going to be laughing if you are a parent of one of those children and you take their phone away from them and they throw a tantrum. And I'm not talking about eight-year-olds throwing tantrums. I'm talking about 16-year-olds throwing tantrums. I'm talking about kids who are so addicted to certain games that nothing else matters. You look at a game, for instance, one of the latest crazes now, the game Fortnite. They're completely consumed and obsessed with the game. Which obviously the people who created the game, they hit a grand slam with that one, doing pretty well. But at what expense? See, it's not so much this ridiculous argument and these clueless people who keeps saying, well, video games is the fault of video games, and that's the reason why... No, that's not it. Your problem is in your pocket. Your problem is inside of that phone. I mean, I have tons of games on my phone. I don't play them that often. I just don't. I don't think it's because it's, it's that I'm older. I don't think it has anything to do with it at all. I love video games. I love video games, and I love games. But somewhere along the way, something happened. And I say this as someone who grew up addicted to video games. But you see, I wasn't just addicted to video games. I was addicted to doing things outdoors as well. I was addicted to wiffle ball. Oh, I was addicted to wiffle ball. Entire summers, entire days would be spent outside in my backyard or at a park. And there were days in which I went to the park and played basketball. And I'm one horrific basketball player. Or just throwing a football around. Whether it was touch, whether it was tackle. Now, I'm not saying that this stuff doesn't exist, and I'm not saying that technology has been bad for everyone. If we look in certain areas of the country and certain situations, and I have to call it as it is, it's generally, not always, but generally, the middle class that's a little better off, a little more well-off, upper middle class, and above. They're doing fine. They're doing just fine. Now, I'm not saying that they're not being dumbed down themselves. I think they are. But not nearly as much as the students I've taught in recent years who come from very, very modest to... Well, just poor means. And I don't blame the students. This is not their fault. And this is not a witch hunt for the for the parents and the people raising them either. That's not what this is about. Although, to be fair, I started off this podcast by asking you that question. 
If you gave your child an iPad at age four, well, you need to think about it. You need to think about where things are at now. Are you at a situation where the punishment is taking the iPad away? Because I can tell you right now, that is a common uh, punishment I hear from parents. That's a, a, a commonly a, a solution to the issue. But But is it really? Or having the iPad on some type of a timer or whatever the case may be. And I can tell you, I mean, as much as I loved video games, and I, again, I, I love them and arcade games, and I can't get enough of them, and I have my spurts where I just want to play them constantly. It's not nearly as addictive, excuse me, it wasn't nearly as addictive back then as it is now. I really do challenge anyone who believes otherwise. Because once you stopped playing the video game, that was it. You weren't interacting with other people. If you wanted to play a game against someone, that person had to come to your home. Or if you wanted to go play an arcade game against someone, they had to meet you wherever that arcade machine was. They couldn't sit back in their home with children that are out of shape, who are overweight, who are living like this. And and then we'll hear from people who will say, well, he was such a quiet kid. Well, yeah, he was quiet. Of course he was quiet because we're in a situation here where the child is consumed by what he or she was doing and they weren't making any noise whatsoever. So because uh, he was quiet or she was quiet or, and shy and, and, and didn't make a scene or whatever that this is quote unquote the perfect child, I completely beg to differ. Something is happening and I'm saying it and I have, I'm saying it in a very unfiltered way. Something is happening. Something's happening with children right now who are in elementary school and middle school and it's not good. It's not a good situation. More and more when I'm in class situations, it doesn't matter it has IQ has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with ADHD or IEPs or 504 plans or any of that stuff. It has to do with children who are, they seem to be going from grade to grade. And as they're, they're entering my classrooms, I'm finding them to be less and less equipped with the information that they're going to need. Yet, we're spending more and more and more and more time stressing math, stressing language arts, stressing math, stressing language arts. Let me tell you something. If you get a lousy math teacher or a lousy language arts teacher, boy, is that a long, long year for that child. And that's the truth. That's the truth.
Or if you have someone who could be the most spectacular teacher, but you have a tough time reaching that child. I didn't have very, my, my, my language arts teachers were not very good growing up. They just weren't. And the reason I say that is because they didn't inspire me. I only had one language arts teacher who genuinely tried. She was so kind. She was so sweet in fourth grade. She really made an attempt. She'd reached out to my mom and she had just the right approach. It just still didn't work for me. It still didn't resonate. And I never got into that whole language arts, English, reading, writing, thing and I didn't catch the bug until I was about 20 and those classes were miserable for me but there were for only one period now we're seeing situations in elementary and middle schools even now going into high schools where children are taking those classes for 80 minutes a day 80 minutes a day and you might be saying Tim why are you focusing on that I'm going to tell you why because if you're spending 80 minutes a day on language arts and 80 minutes a day on math, and let's just, let's just even assume, let's just play complete devil's advocate, even though we all know this is completely not true and it's ridiculous, this whole notion, and it is ridiculous, this notion that we must be proficient in math or language arts or else your life is going to suck forever, which is not true. But let's just say in the perfect world that 160 minutes of instruction per day for those two subjects is what is needed for to create the perfect child growing up in today's environment. You know what? If that's the case, something's being sacrificed. What are those somethings? How about we start with history? How about we start with children who have not the slightest clue where the states are located around the country. In other words, they, could, they wouldn't be able to tell the difference between Iowa and Georgia. Couldn't find them on a map, let alone knowing the state capitals. But even the most basic, most fundamental things in history, I'm noticing, and I've taught in recent years, I've taught everything, everything from K to 12 over the past few years. And I can certifiably tell you that in every situation, in every school district where I've taught, there are children that seem to know less and less when it comes to history. When you say to a group of children, a group of 15-year-olds, and you say to them, what's the most important thing in the state of New Jersey, in the country that happens in November and almost nobody raises their hands, they can't even offer up Thanksgiving, which is not the, not it because I didn't, we didn't say holiday. They can't even offer that up. They may not even know when Thanksgiving even is. You think I'm lying. Try this. You're a parent. Sit down with your kid. Ask them basic facts basic, really basic information. You might feel a little embarrassed. There might be part of you that will say, oh my goodness, wow, my kid really doesn't know that much. Basic things. Pull up some videos on YouTube. Instead of watching 
some of these videos that are, uh, I don't want to, because I, because there are silly videos on YouTube that even I have to admit that I enjoy. I just don't spend 12 hours a day watching them. And there are people that have that issue as well, who just watch YouTube videos all, all day. Or the thing that I just despise. You want to talk about technology again, <laughs> which is what today's episode is about. How about kids sitting down and watching a game like Fortnite, but they're not even playing the game? What is that? What is that? And they have some person from wherever who's the, the, the gamer god in the upper left-hand corner, the upper right-hand corner, and you're just mindlessly watching these videos and listening to some person at, of whatever age, because they range from kids being very young to people who are 50 years old who are giving you all the opinions about different types of things and the cheat codes and all the secret things that you need to know about the game and the inside information. You got to watch for this here. And my goodness. But getting back to YouTube, you're a parent. Go on to YouTube. Pull up any type of video related to knowing something about the dumbing down of America. Just type something like that in. How stupid is America right now? Type something like that in and they go and ask you the most basic questions like who is the vice president of the United States? And people don't have the faintest idea. And I'm not talking about eight-year-olds. I'm talking about people who are 20. I'm talking about kids who've been accepted into college. Not the slightest idea. This is where we're at, folks. This is where we're at as a country. And like I said, I still see the hope with the kids right now who are 16 years of age and older. Those kids seem to still have a lot to offer to the world. But the ones 15 and younger, what I've seen with the thousands of students I've interacted with over the past uh, seven to eight years, it's scary. It is downright scary how much they don't know. Parents, it can't be the teachers alone. There's only so much we are able to do. And I say that because of the way that the educational system is set up in our country now. There's this emphasis that's not always placed on, I won't even say the most important things, but there's a disproportionate balance. And then we have these lunatic ideas that we should get rid of the arts, which is, the, it's just, it's completely asinine. 
And there'll be situations where we eliminate the arts, but we're going to increase technology. Well, I'd love to see what's going on in these classrooms with technology. And what is it that you're really going to be able to offer in those situations? Because whenever you're teaching technology in classrooms, you better find things that are going to be timeless. Because technology is always updated. What I learned in a music technology course in college 13 years ago is it's barely relevant today. Everything's just changed so much. And we look at children who have this amazing technology at their fingertips right in front of them and they don't know how to use it. They don't understand it. The latest example I can share with you, this is where we're at. The latest example I can share with you is that children in elementary school and middle school haven't the slightest comprehension on how to take music or take information that's on a CD, compact disc. And I understand that they're they're going by the wayside. I get that. But even, not even just that, even just, even a flash drive and be able to transfer the information. Do you know there are a lot of students who don't know how to do that? No idea. Yet they could show you in a heartbeat their way around an iPad. They could show you immediately about the hottest apps on a phone. So the next time someone tells you that the most important things in the world are math and language arts and technology, I ask you this. Think about any of the occupations that involve none of them or involve technology at the most basic levels. Because I'll tell you something right now. We have a lot of jobs that need to be filled in this world and people are coming out. They're not qualified for them. They're not qualified in the least. We should be having the most well-rounded individuals in history in history and we don't we do not and it's a problem and it's a big problem and i'm not scared to say it it's something that needs to be addressed it's something people need to think about this is the type of podcast that you need to share with other people Because I am in the trenches. I do this every single day. I'm recording this podcast at 9 o'clock at night. I'm tired. And I'm recording it for you. I'm recording it for your benefit. So, are you going to do something about it? Are you going to step up to the plate and say something 
Or are you going to do the unthinkable and turn off the podcast and go back to playing some silly game as you send 13 silly filtered pictures with rabbit ears and dog tongues to your friends, knowing that you just contributed a grand total of zero to society. And your kids are doing the same. Or can you actually go up to your child and ask them where Alaska is located on the map? And ask them if they can name a city in Alaska or even the capital. So when the smarty pants kid says to you, Anchorage, you can say, no, Anchorage is a very large city, comparatively speaking, to all of the other cities in Alaska. But actually, the capital is Juneau. Knowledge is, has been, and always will be power. That's never going to change. The stupid stuff is also not going to change. It's always going to be there. The problem is the stuff that's going to be of no help to anyone a year from now, five years from now, 50 years from now is just gutting the brain cells of our society and namely our kids. And my challenge to you, what are you going to do about it?